Hello. Welcome back to Big Lady Book Club Podcast. I'm Lauren. There's no Stephanie. We're doing a wee bonus episode. For any avid listeners out there, you'll know that we are currently on a hiatus this season. Stephanie is back home where she lives. I am working away, preparing to go to uni. And we're taking a little break from the pod. Season one was very interesting for us. We really enjoyed it. We've enjoyed all the feedback. We've done a couple giveaways this season. We've done a lot of stuff on the Insta, on the TikTok. But these last couple weeks, we decided just to take a full break from it and pull back and really just focus on doing our own thing. And then we're going to come back for season two, which is still in the works. We're still very excited for season two. Been a lot of behind the scenes planning going on for that. But last night I was just thinking about something that I really wanted to talk about on the pod and I considered making it a topic for next season but I think because it was so fresh in my mind and I really wanted to discuss it and how I was feeling about it right now, I was like I'm just going to do a little special episode mid-season, well in between seasons even, of just me talking out some feelings, talking to you guys and just discussing where I'm at both mentally and with my reading journey. My reading journey. You obviously can't talk, Lauren, so maybe you're nowhere with the journey. My reading journey, I meant, unfortunately, there. Um, But yeah, that's what we're doing this week. We're going to be discussing mental health and how that correlates to my reading, how reading helps my mental health, what books I think help me when I'm feeling a bit anxious or whatnot, and what books I think have been not necessarily negative to my mental health, I don't want to say that, but books that I have felt didn't help me with certain issues I had. Not that books have a duty to help you with your mental health, but it's just, it's a wee discussion I wanted to have, I was interested in it, and I thought, I'll open it up, start this wee chat on the podcast, and just see how we go. So, just to catch you up in the last few weeks, I have been working away pretty much full time. Um, I've not really been doing much in my personal life. I've been having quite a quiet few days when I'm off and I've just been reading quite a lot. I started off after the pod was finished reading The Lost Hero by Percy Jack... Uh, the Lost Hero by Percy Jack... Oh, Ian, please cut that. I've got a big burp. Um... I started off my kind of reading a few weeks ago, reading The Lost Hero by Percy Jackson. Why do I keep saying The Lost Hero by Percy Jackson? The Lost Hero by Rick Riordan, which is a Percy Jackson story. Um, Immediately from that I went on to The Son of Neptune and I'm now reading The Mark of Athena. I've also read Six Crimson Cranes this month by Elizabeth Lim. But I've been doing a lot of kind of odd bits of reading. I've been doing some rereading. I've been just going with the flow, kind of chilling, reading what I want. But let me just go back to what we've said about personal life. We are obviously coming out of the pandemic and there's not a lot of interesting things I can say about how I feel about coming out of the pandemic because it's all been said before by people who can probably articulate it better. But the only way I can kind of explain my feelings on coming out of the pandemic, or not necessarily coming out of it, but dealing with things reopening, is that I have put an enormous amount of pressure on myself to be more social than probably I ever was. And I was wanting to do basically something every day. I wanted to be with people 24-7 just because I could. 
And I kind of got to this point at the start of August where it all kind of fell apart for me and I just realised I wasn't enjoying that. I was putting a bit too much pressure on myself. I was around people kind of 24-7 that weren't really bringing out the best in me. I wasn't really seeing people that I'm actually close with. I was just kind of doing stuff to be doing stuff, if that made sense. I wasn't spending really any positive time with Ian. I was just kind of trying to keep myself busy because I felt like that's what everyone else was doing. And then I got to the start of August. I took a wee breather and took a step back and just thought, I'll just kind of let myself have time for myself and I'll mellow out and I'll see where I'm at. So not to get fully into Lauren's whole medical records, but if you don't know me in real life, and you only know me from this podcast or my Instagram, it's very unlikely that you know anything about my mental health because I don't share a lot about it. Not that I'm embarrassed by it, I just don't discuss it really. Not very often anyway, not with people outside of my life. So back when I was like 17, I got diagnosed with, I think I might have been a bit younger than 17 actually, I got diagnosed with anxiety and depression and I started on antidepressants around about then. And basically from the age of 17 until maybe last year, I had kind of intensely also, alongside that, struggled with an eating disorder. I don't obviously want to get in depth with all of that because I don't want to trigger anyone and I don't want to upset anyone. But I just, I'm trying to give you a little bit of background as to where I'm coming from. But really I get quite, even though I think I'm an extroverted person, I do get quite major social anxiety and I do get a lot of kind of nerves about social pressures and I think that draws all the way back to high school where I wouldn't do anything really in high school, I would just sit at home and read. And I think at that time in my life where I didn't really know anyone that I enjoyed connecting with or knew anyone that I thought felt made me feel good about myself, the people I was with in high school, I didn't really enjoy being with them, I don't think they brought out the best in me and at that time I found a lot of solace in just reading and just having that kind of time to myself where I can properly escape and go into something that really is like kind of one of the purest hobbies that we have that's not a hobby that can really negatively affect us I wouldn't say. And I was listening to Emma Chamberlain's podcast on reading and I'm not a big fan of Emma Chamberlain, I quite like her. But she's right in what she was saying, I think, in that reading is one of the last things that we have, the last forms of media that's just really pure and it won't have really negative effects on us. And I totally agree with that. And when I was in high school, I read a lot of young adult books and I read a lot of YA, which I obviously still currently do. And I read a lot of contemporary. And I think the reason I read a lot of contemporary in high school was because it didn't really involve my social anxiety and it met people that were in living a life close to mine in terms of that it was real but it was them really being careless and free and a lot of it was kind of self journeys and manic pixie dream girls and all of that kind of stuff so it was a lot of John Green it was a lot of like Jesse Andrews some kind of E. Lockhart stuff and who wrote, was it Huntley, Huntley Fitzpatrick wrote the boy, the boy Next Door? Stuff like that though, those were like the books that I wanted to read as a teen because it was about these young girls who had a good group of friends 
and they went to their high school and they would meet a boy and they would have amazing summers and I never had that as a high school student I just had basically my sister and I had a small group of friends but I wasn't being swept away on any kind of adventure but I think at that time when I was struggling so much to relate to my peers sometimes and to really feel that kind of connection to my youth I guess I think reading stuff like that really helped me mentally because it felt like I was trying to understand some of these kind of social things and it was giving me a more glamorous look into what my life could be which is really interesting now for me looking back because where I'm currently at I never ever read books that are contemporary really I don't really read romance and I don't really read contemporary and I think that's subconsciously because I am in a relationship, a very happy relationship. I have a flat with my boyfriend, we have a dog and I feel like I'm very successful in the kind of romantic aspect of my life and I also have some very good close friends and I have the opportunity to do most of the things that realistically you can do in these contemporary books to an extent. If I wanted to go on a journey in the car and have like a mini road trip, viably I can do that. So that doesn't give me any escapism anymore and I don't really like reading it because I find it so mundane and so boring. But more so as an adult, I read a lot of fantasy, which obviously if we're connecting the two, is really probably then because it's the least like my current life. Now I think with that, with reading and escapism, if we're pairing them together, it's one of the main reasons we do it. But I think it's one of the healthiest ways to escape from your kind of everyday life. It's quite a simple form of entertainment. You're making these images in your head. It's not really based in social media or images of people and you can really express yourself in whatever way you want to. You can kind of see the people that you want to see around you in your life, if you know what I mean. Whereas when you're watching TV and film, I think if you're like me and you have had problems with eating or with body dysmorphic issues or anything like that, sometimes visually watching a TV show or a film can even be a bit of a trigger because just watching someone that you think maybe has a better body than you or necessarily looks the way that you want to or maybe looks like you, I think can be quite hard sometimes. Whereas with reading, it's a bit more bare bones and it's always helped me with that kind of stuff. One book I want to shout out initially that I remember relating so much to as a teen and helped me really with these kind of goals and whatnot and these kind of expectations I had for my life was Fangirl by Rainbow Rowell. Now I wouldn't say I'm a big Rainbow Rowell fan. I've not really read that many of her books. I've read a couple but I remember when I read Fangirl it really hit me at a very important time in my life because it was just really all about this girl who was really struggling to connect to her sister once they moved to college and was really having no friends and she stayed in her fresher's room for whatever reason. She couldn't get out. She was really anxious and she found a lot of solace in this Simon Snow series which obviously in real life has spun off into the Carry On series so it's like a huge thing outside of that book but I remember reading it and just feeling so connected to something and feeling that 
this was who I was as a person. I felt like calf. And when I first went to uni, I would say I had a decent uni experience and I did a lot in my time at uni and I made a lot of friends and I went out nearly every night and I enjoyed myself and I had boyfriends and saw people and whatever else. I made some really good friendships. I'm not trying to say I was quite like a social recluse at uni, I wasn't. But the very first two weeks of uni, I remember sitting in my room sometimes, being too scared to go to the kitchen to make a dinner and eating like a nature valley bar for my dinner. And I remember at that time, weirdly, being able to think, it got better for Calf and Fangirl, so it's probably going to get better for me. And it might feel bad right now, but something's going to click here. And I mean, I didn't get a Levi. Levi didn't come and save my life and I didn't teach him. I didn't read to him and we had this big romance. Like, my uni experience was a basic uni experience. It wasn't... It was good and I enjoyed it. But I didn't meet the love of my life in university. (laughs) But I remember at that time, I kept thinking about that and I was like, if Calf did it in Fangirl, then I can do it realistically. And that is just someone's fictional character that they've wrote. And it's so interesting that it had that kind of staying power with me. And I'm not saying it's the sole reason I stayed in uni in those first two weeks, but I think it helped because I just knew that even though this fictional character was a person feeling this way, this book was a success. This was a bestseller. Rainbow Rowell had wrote this book and this character in this way. So that meant to me that other people felt like this as well. And that really said to me that I could do it. And I think that's one of the first books, realistically, outside of maybe like Shadowhunters and Harry Potter and stuff like that. I think it's one of the first books that genuinely I felt really impacted my mental health positively. Now, I took a step back from reading for a good couple years whilst I was in uni because I was so busy and I didn't read very much at all in the way of fiction or stuff. And I think that's because at the time I was still trying to read contemporary books. But I was kind of living that kind of life of a contemporary book in a way. Because I was just having a uni experience, which you see in books like that all the time. And it's not as glamorous, obviously, but I struggled to. I read quite a few horror books in that time. And I enjoyed those, but I hadn't really clicked to me to read fantasy yet. So cut to kind of like this year, where I picked up The Cruel Prince and Chain of Gold and Six Crimson Cranes and stuff like that. And I think this is the kind of books that I want in my adult life that give me the same escapism and the same kind of assurance that I would have got in books in my teen years. To discuss, like, obviously I've said that my social anxiety is quite bad. I don't know if I have any books off the top of my head that necessarily help me with my social anxiety outside of maybe like fangirl. I don't, because I don't think I struggle with my social anxiety as much now. But I do think there's a couple books for me that stand out in ways that if I am feeling quite lonely, especially this last month where my mental health has been kind of at a low point this year, I've been quite okay with my mental health. It's been quite steady. I've tried out, to be honest with you, a couple of different medications this year. But overall, it's not been awful. I can't lie and say it's the worst it's ever been. It's been fine, for the most part. But in the last few weeks, it's not been great. And I'm kind of reevaluating that now. And that's why I've kind of had an interest in doing this podcast episode. 
but revisiting the Heroes of Olympus series by Rick Riordan is like getting some kind of warm hug at the end of your day. It's like coming home from work where I've maybe felt a bit stressed or a bit uneasy and I'm coming home and I'm opening a chapter and it's Annabeth or it's Leo and it's Piper and even though I've not finished this series ever in my life, I read the first couple of them, I've said this on here before, and then I couldn't get the covers I wanted and I went to uni and I just didn't continue it. So this is my first time actually completing the Heroes of Olympus series and I already feel the impact that story is having on me. It just is kind of like this warmth that kind of kind of washes over me when I read these books and it's kind of that feeling of being at home which even though these books, they don't necessarily take place in Camp Half-Blood a lot, but they do just feel like family. And I think it's the way the characters interact with each other and that kind of found family idea that Rick Riordan puts all across in most of his books. And I think he's a great writer for if you are struggling with maybe just having a wee bit of a feeling of being alone. Rick Riordan kind of gives you this support system in these books where you don't feel alone. You feel like these characters have really, and all of his characters have very complex issues and they are struggling with their own health issues, mental health issues, mental disabilities, stuff like that throughout the books. But I think the way he writes it is just, it feels very normal to read his characters and they feel very fully realised and I think reading them you kind of forget about your own loneliness because you're so wrapped up in the story and the adventure. And I think if you are struggling with that aspect of maybe your life and your a contemporary book doesn't really suit you and you want something a bit more escapism like me because you maybe have say you don't want to read a romance because it doesn't feel very escapism I would really recommend any of Rick Riordan's books because I think his just way of writing characters just really feels real and it really connects you to people and it just is such strong storytelling for me and it's one of the main reasons I think I want to go into children's publishing is because of authors like Rick Riordan. Because they just, they do a lot for me. And I think even at 24, which I'm about to turn 24, these books are just mind-blowingly good. Now, to kind of switch gears and maybe to not sound as nice, I have a couple of examples of books that have maybe negatively impacted my mental health and I use that phrase very lightly because I don't think they necessarily caused anything but I think I'm going to give you the scenarios of which I was in when I read them and you will understand what I mean by I feel like there was a negative kind of impact there which I don't... I'm really struggling to say negative here and to put across the exact words I'm meaning, but I'm just trying to be like, this is how I felt about myself and I picked this book up at this time. And if you feel like this, do not read this book because I don't think it's going to aid yourself. It's not going to help. So, as I say, anxiety is a root of one of my most kind of problems with mental health. And unbeknown to me, I... Uh, I, I didn't know this until recently. I have a big fear of death and I think that's where a lot of my anxiety comes from is the finality of death and losing people and losing things and not knowing what kind of happens after that and kind of ageing 
and stuff like that. And it's not something I'm as scared of right now, but I think when I'm in the really, really depths of my anxiety and I'm in a really anxious period, one of my biggest fears is death. And a book that I found really triggered this and really spurred me on and made me realise that this is one of my main roots of my anxiety is the book They Both Die at the End by Adam Silvera. And unfortunately, I didn't like this book overall. I gave it a two star. I thought it was quite cheaply written. I think it tried to pull on heartstrings in a way that I thought was a bit inauthentic and I didn't enjoy, which is a very sharp turn from how Stephanie feels about Adam Silvera because she loves Adam Silvera. I think she could, if she was here, she'd be giving you a totally different side of the coin with this and being able to tell you why she thinks Adam Silvera is great at writing mental health. And I'm sure he is, but this is the only example I have of it. And I don't want to sound like I am negatively slating him. It's just where I was at and how I felt whilst I was reading it. So that's my little disclaimer. As I say, I was in kind of a bit of pits with my anxiety and I didn't wasn't really seeing anyone. It was just before things started opening up again in the pandemic. And I decided just to read The Both Die at the End just because of the hype. And I knew they both die at the end and I wasn't really considering how much talk about death there would be in it. But for me, reading about it so much when I already felt anxious made me feel like some kind of inner clock was ticking and it made me uncomfortable. And it made me not really want to connect to the book because I thought it was just such uncomfortable reading for me. I think obviously it's easy said if you have a fear of death don't read this book because it deals with death so openly but there's things like The Haunting of Hill House which really really openly deals with death that I think helps me with my anxieties about death and my fear about death. They Both Die at the End doesn't really go deep enough to actually soothe any problems I have with that and it doesn't really connect to me surface level enough to not trigger that if that makes sense. So that book for me, if you are feeling heavily anxious and you have any kind of inkling that you might have a little bit of fear of death in like an actual anxiety driven way, please, please do not read that book because it put me in a reading slump. It made me feel quite emotionally exhausted and it did not help my mental health in any way with where I was currently at. Which I wish I could go back in time and not read that book when I read it. Because I think if I read it in a different mindset, maybe I could have enjoyed it more. But then again, I don't know if I could because I wasn't really interested in the story. Another book I want to shout out similarly was when I was having a lot of... It was around the same time that I read They Both Die at the End. But I was also having quite a lot of issues with self-identity and who I was as a person. Where I was going with my life. It was before I got accepted into uni just before I think we started the podcast or just roundabout when we were starting the podcast there was kind of a change going on at work there was kind of a change going on where I was moving house there was just a lot of changes in my kind of human makeup and my human identity that I felt was causing a big shift in my anxiety and was putting me a wee bit on edge and a book I read around this time was House of Hollow by Crystal Sutherland and this book spoilers ahead if you haven't read this book and you're interested in it. It's a beautifully written book and I did enjoy it but it does deal with like changeling creatures and kind of imposters, imposter syndrome, stuff like that and I think 
reading it at that time, it made me really struggle to connect to it. And it probably made me open up too many questions about identity in my own head that at that time I maybe didn't need going further in depth with. But those are my only two examples. I wouldn't say that either of them negatively affected my mental health. So I think when I say that, I'm not meaning it. I'm just saying, I think the best way to read as a self-care thing is even though you're just thinking about the plot and the content, is to really consider where... I think this will make sense to everyone. I think this will only make sense to people that do deal with mental health issues. If you struggle with anxiety like me, my best advice to you is to consider where your anxiety is mentally at and maybe consider what you need. If you need reassurance, if you really have some kind of maybe underlying issue where you're thinking about something like, say, death or identity and you don't maybe think about it on the surface, just consider how books with that kind of content could possibly trigger you and how they might unintentionally trigger you because I don't think either of those books are actually necessarily triggering but I think I didn't evaluate properly where I was in my headspace when I read them. I don't know if this is even making sense. It's just it was some thoughts I was having another night and I thought it would maybe be an interesting discussion just to open up to people. It's weird because I do I do think reading is a very powerful thing and it's really something I love doing and I think it's a very good way of meditating your mind especially before bed and kind of relaxing yourself before you you go to sleep and whatever and it relaxes you in kind of different environments like for example I've been maybe a wee bit anxious at work and sometimes just even reading my book on my lunch break just takes me out of that anxiety for a little bit and helps and there's some books like um I'm trying to think of examples off the top of my head what books I think actually have maybe direct correlations with my mental health I remember when I was signed off work this year for two weeks to adjust to new medication which is quite an open thing a bit of a hard thing for me to discuss and I don't want to go into it but in that time I read a lot of Sarah J Mass and I read A Court of Miss and Fury Quarter Wings and Ruin, I think I read Crescent City. I think sometimes books like that are just what you need when you really need your mind taken off stuff because it's just stupid. A Quarter of Thorns and Roses is quite stupid but it really helped and it didn't really draw out any kind of emotion about anxiety or anything from me. It didn't necessarily reassure me or do anything for my mental health actively. But I think sometimes stuff like that is all you need when you are maybe struggling. Just something that's so far removed from it being kind of deep or really thought out. It just soothes the kind of mind in a way and it just helps you progress in your own kind of meditation, your own kind of mind work. I don't know if this is even making sense. I don't know if this podcast episode's even going to air because I don't know if I'm just rambling I'm going to have to get Ian to listen to it and see if there's actually a semblance of a kind of plot here. I just overall think reading is something that really helps my mental health. And I think, I just wish it was something that was more actively kind of promoted for people with anxiety. 
and especially more promoted for people with kind of maybe self-image issues as well and kind of eating disordered issues. I think for me it really helps. It really helps me to read before bed, it really helps to clear my mind. It helps me to sometimes read and eat at the same time because it really separates the act of what I'm doing to what I'm doing if that makes sense. It's easy for me to eat a snack and read because I'm concentrating on something and it's in a way such a pure form of entertainment that scrolling through your phone can't give you, that maybe watching a film can't give you. The kind of last point I want to make today is that I have been actively trying to reduce my screen time in the last few weeks because I was feeling so self-conscious and I was feeling really bad about myself. I decided to try and take myself off of TikTok, which is why you're not getting a lot of content from me and I'm sorry about that, but I've tried to reduce my TikTok intake, I think, to 20 minutes a day is what I've got it set at. It might be less than that. But if you're like me and you were opening TikTok like every day, just or you are opening TikTok every day to just scroll when you are kind of not thinking about anything, you don't realise how much that's getting into your subconscious. And seeing all these people that you want to be or these people that are doing really proactive things, maybe when you're just sitting on the couch, it's really not very good for you. And it's not very good for me. So reducing my screen time on that then led me to overall reduce my screen time. I decided to reduce Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and I think YouTube. I'm not sure. I don't think I actually have YouTube reduced. It was more for apps that I can endlessly scroll on, or doom scroll, I guess. And I decided during that time to just try and, if I'm reading, just read in silence, and to try and watch a film and not touch my phone. And this has been, like, one of the best things for my mental health recently. See, just connecting to TikTok less and less and connecting to YouTube and stuff like that a wee bit less. It makes me feel so much better about myself because I don't have something to directly compare myself to. So I think that is another thing I could, like another wee bit of advice I could give you and it's not easy because I've thought myself reaching for my phone a lot and I want to scroll. I don't really necessarily want to sit and read in a quiet half hour or I don't want to meditate or work out or cook or whatever. I just maybe want to scroll through my phone. But reducing it to like 20 minutes I'm also then only taking in the content I want to see so rather than watching endless stuff on my for you page I'll watch a snippet of a tiktok and if it's not what I want to see if it's not going to have necessarily a good influence on my mind I'm just switching to the next thing to make the most of say my 20 minutes on that app this has not only obviously helped with my reading so much but it's also just helped so much with my kind of mental well-being But I'm kind of going into a transitional period right now in my life where I'm changing over medication again and I'm going to try and really focus on reading again as I have in the last kind of month or so because this last week's been really rocky for me and I'm hoping that kind of continuing on on reducing my screen time and picking up more books and doing stuff like that is going to help. If you guys have any recommendations for books that have positively directly affected your mental health please let me know because at the minute I love reading and I think the act of reading overall helps my mental health 
but I would love to maybe just engage with a few more stories that are actually directly going to help with that. So please nothing really about the assurance of death or the finality of death or something about identity or social standing. I maybe want to avoid those kind of books. But even just stuff about maybe just some fantasy books that you think is really good escapism. That kind of stuff, that is what we need right now. And I think with this being such a big transitional period for all of us into seeing so many people again, it's a good time to really connect with reading. And it's a good time to revisit authors like Rick Riordan and stuff that just holds such like a childlike innocence that doesn't really have a negative story to tell, if that makes sense. Because there's a lot of bad stuff that happens in Heroes of Olympus, but I think there's a kind of assuredness you have in middle grade that it's all going to be okay. And middle grade is just such a good kind of genre for that. Another series that I can kind of say has helped me with my mental health, just before I kind of sign off, is All the Young Dudes by M.S. King Bean. I think it's 68, which is obviously a fan fiction. But for escapism purposes, I think I have to mention it because it, losing myself in the world, world of the Marauders was also great last month. And it was a way that I connected to Harry Potter without reading Harry Potter again. So I think that's kind of the same as reading the Rick Riordan books for me. It kind of did the same thing. But yeah, that's it. Just, as I say, this was a really unplanned ramble. It was just I had these things on my mind. I wanted to produce an episode about it, but I didn't have enough to say. I wanted this to be a full discussion with me and Stephanie. It was just some things I was thinking about, some kind of laid-back discussion that I wanted to have, not very hyperactive, nothing like that. Please let me know what you guys are reading, let me know what you are looking forward to this year, how this kind of transitional period out of lockdowns is feeling for you. And if you are like me and you're struggling maybe a bit more with it than you expected, And how you're coping with it. Because for me, at the minute, exercise and diet have been great. But, like, trying to eat, like, actually full healthy meals. I've been eating a lot of, like, full protein-rich foods and stuff that I think is just going to make my body feel good. Which I know is not the way everyone works. It's just what I needed right now. And I'm not trying to say, oh, go on a diet, that's going to make you feel better. I'm not on a diet. I'm just eating stuff that I think makes me feel good. So listening to your body, try and get some good sleep because it's exhausting seeing people and it's really struggled with me catching up to it. And try and make the most of your alone time and not scroll through your phone and not connect to maybe social media as much in your alone time. Maybe try, even if you're not feeling like reading, just try and switch off and meditate or read some chapter of a book or something just even listening to music say I think these are the biggest things I've found that have helped me with this transitional period but I am still struggling with it so I would like to know if you guys have any more tips for me and as I say any books specifically that you guys have thought have helped with you and your mental health, and your kind of transitional periods. Because when I think back on it, and when I have actual 
real connections between my mental health and books. It's been during a lot of transitional periods in my life, like going into high school, I know that I really enjoyed the Angus Wong series and that helped me with a lot of my anxiety about that. And it dealt with a lot of the kind of humility and stuff like that of going to high school and obviously, as I say, going to uni, fangirl really helped me and now where I'm at in my life, Rick Riordan is really helping me. And I just want to know if there's any books like you guys relate to that. And I don't necessarily, as I say, mean books that deal with... I don't want to read a book about an eating disorder. I don't necessarily want to read a book about social anxiety or depression. Because I don't think that personally helps me. And if that helps you, then good on you. But I don't think those things really work for me. But that's it. 40 minutes of just rambling. But it's just being honest and it's just where I am at in my head. And I thought you guys would appreciate that. And I think someone out there, well, maybe this episode won't be for everyone and it's not as book related as other ones we have had, but I think there might be someone who's maybe feeling like me and maybe just wants the assurance of that this is what someone else is going through as well. And just what I've kind of learned through dealing with this for most of my adult life from the age of like 15, really, which is nine years. Nine years ago, I was 15. That's insane. But yeah, this is what I've learned. This is how I feel my mental health and literature ties together. And as I say, if you have any comments about this, please open up this discussion for me because it's a conversation I want to have and I don't know how to have it fully yet. But yeah, that's me. I'll see you guys later. Hope you enjoy. Bye.